You know, you could uh, very early on dismiss what I'm going to say today. You could dismiss it as idealism, but my only goal is actually to build your faith. And actually, what I want to say to you today is, I'm going to talk to you about daring to dream God's dream. That God's faith goal, God's uh, something that God puts in your life that's just for you, that, that is There is something that God has tailor-made and fit for you. That actually God has a perfect will of God for you. You know, I know that with our dreams they'll face delays. They'll face detours. They'll face distractions. There will be obstacles. There'll be times when you feel like the dream is dead. But God has a dream for you. God has a faith dream for you. And it's for you. Way before eternity, he put that dream into his heart to your heart. And I want to, in a sense, build your faith again today. And want to restore your faith in believing that no matter what has happened in your life, God still has a dream for you. That's my only goal today. I'm going to teach you a little bit about it, but I want you to leave this place today. My goal is that you leave this place saying, you know what, God? I want your dream. I want your dream of my life. Paul said this in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. He said, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and to complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Wouldn't you want to say, when you get to the end of your life, I did what you set before me. I want to welcome you as families who came with the baby dedication today. And you might think it's so hopeful when we take those little babies in our arms and say, God's got a dream for them. But I want to take you back to the arms of the Father where you could say, well, God, you've got a dream for me too. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says it this way, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all we ask or imagine according to the power that's at work within us. Try and imagine everything that God could do in your life and God can do more. God has a dream for you today. Now let me take you back to the 1970s to my great music catalogue. I know you've all been into Eurovision, which is kind of weird anyway, but you know, that's up to you. Um, Let me take you back to my great music catalogue. The church kind of enjoys, doesn't it, Kathy? my great music catalogue of country and western and all of that stuff. But in 1974, there was a group called Supertramp. Does anybody remember them? Not many, are there? And they sang a song called Dreamer. And in that song, one of the lyrics said, 
can you, you can't put your hands in your head, oh no. And basically what they were saying was, is that, no, come on, don't just dream, be realistic. And there's going to be a, a thing running against what I'm saying to you today is, oh, this can't work out. Don't just dream, be realistic. You see, many of you have got plans and career paths and, and, and good things, but I want to say to you, all those things are good so long as they are feeding the dream, the faith goal that God has for you. That actually you need to be able to understand that dreams are vital. Let me tell you a bad story. There was a guy, a man and woman, and they went to the hospital, they had the baby, and coming out of the, of the hospital, the baby had soiled its nappy. The wife says to the husband, can you go in and change the baby uh, and I'll wait here for you. Well, 10 years later, the, the, uh, the wife notices that the baby is a lot different than the other children. And she thinks, hang on a minute, this baby isn't quite what it, what it should be. It doesn't really fit into our family. And so she has a DNA, DNA test, and sure enough, the baby isn't the family's baby. And uh, it's a sad story in a way. And uh, so he says to the husband, I've got something really serious to tell you. He says, this baby, this child is not our baby. And he says, oh, don't you remember? When we were in the hospital, you told me to go and change the baby. <laughs> so I just went and got a clean one and brought the other one out. It's a bad story. Can I tell you it's not a true story? <laughs> it's not a true story. There's a lady after the first service came to me and said, Pastor Mark, was that a true story? I had to assure her that it's not a true story. But you know, some of you have had a dream and somewhere along the way it's changed. Somewhere along the way it's not the DNA that who you really are through peer pressure, through comparison, through other people putting pressure on you and saying, oh, you don't want to do that. Do this. You have changed the dream. And I want to call you back today to the things that God has placed in your breast, in your deep inner self. You see, dreams, and what I mean by dreams is the faith goal the impossible thing that God has placed before you for you to be and do. Dreams are vital. They determine your destiny and they will make you live with dignity, actually. Dreams are absolutely vital. Noah dreamed about saving the people from a flood. Abraham dreamed about becoming a nation. Joseph dreamed about saving a nation. Uh, David dreamed of a temple. He never built it, but he dreamed it, and it did come to existence through his son. Nehemiah dreamed about building a wall and keeping the nation safe. Paul dreamed about going to Rome, and he went there, and the gospel spread over all the world. Nothing happens unless you dream. 
Nothing happens unless you begin to imagine and begin to say, God, what could that be? What could happen in my life? You see, there are three types of dream. The first dream that you could have would be the dream that you have at night. Some of those are good. Some of those are bad. Some of those are just what I call midrash, your mind working overtime. Secondly, you can have a dream that are your passions and ambitions. You can have some things that you think, you know what, this is what I'm wired for, and that's kind of good. But thirdly, the best dream you could have is God's dream for your life. God's saying, you know what? I want to put into your life the things that come from heaven to me. If you're here today and you're not really sure about church or as a family member you just came along to to be with your family, you know what I want to say to you? God has a dream for you that you might see church as austere, and you might see church as those people who just tell you what to do, right or wrong, but if you could put that aside and begin to think God has a dream that he wants to place into your heart, he's got a will for your life. How do you know if a dream is God's dream? First of all, it will require faith. If everything in your life is about what you can do with your qualifications, with your talents, with your plans, with your connections, with your networking, with your support group, if everything is about that and it takes no faith, if that's not God's dream for you. If people are just opening doors for you, but it isn't something that's too big to handle. See, God's dreams are always too big for you. You need faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says this, and without faith it's impossible to please God. You know, if you are living your life and there's no faith element, there's no something where you're running out of your resources, but you're saying, God, I need you for this and I need to exercise my faith. If you are exercising no faith, you know what? You're not pleasing God. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I wonder if today you could have that faith element in your life. Second way you can know whether or not a dream is God's dream is if it aligns with God's word. That actually God isn't going to call you to do something that is contrary to his word. I've heard some men sometimes say, God's given me a dream. I'm going to have to leave my wife or my kids and I'm going to go and do this. That's not God's dream. That's you just being tired of responsibility and you're walking away from a few things. Hey, if you're with your husband today, slap him and say, that's not you. (laughs) Or don't just slap him for the sake of it. But you know, your dream will always align with God's word. It will always mean that that you actually become closer to God's word, not further away. You know, I want to say something to you. I'm going to just preach this over and over again today. This is going to be quite a repetitive sermon. God has a custom-made will for your life. He's like a tailor. He would custom-make that will for your life. 
It's going to fit your gifts. It's going to fit your heart. It's going to fit your experiences. It's going to fit your abilities. It's going to fit your personality. Other people may look at you and say, that's not your dream for your life. But God has a custom-made dream for your life. It will be God's perfect will for your life. Now, come on with me. God has a will for your life, and sometimes it's messy, and it doesn't seem perfect for those people outside. But can I just bring this back on the agenda? How many of you believe God has a perfect will for your life? Not just a, you know... I'm muddling through and I'm kind of being spiritual and I'm kind of doing all the right things, but a perfect will that you can be right in the center of his life and his will. I believe that. I believe that's what the word of God teaches. Let me prove it to you. Everybody turn to Romans chapter 12, verse one. You know these scriptures, but look at it and read it with me. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Verse two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I am trying to renew your mind with the word of God today. I'm trying to get you out of the habit of you saying that, you know what, if I plan and I'm good and I do this and I do this, then incrementally I'll get better. I'm trying to say you need a dream of faith so that you can serve him. And it'll be unusual. But look, let's carry on reading. Transform by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what the will of God is. Now look at the last sentence. His good, pleasing, say it with me, perfect will. Say it with me. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I believe there is a perfect will of God for you. It doesn't matter what I believe. That's what the scripture says. You know what? My wife has converted me to comfortable clothes. For years, you know, Kathy would say, or, you know, I could pick out something for Kathy, or Kathy would say, and she'd go, she'd go look at it, and I'd go, wow, that looks amazing. And she'd feel it and go, oh, no, I couldn't wear that. Oh, no, she'd. In fact, before Kathy picks any clothes, she feels them first. She, it doesn't matter what they look like, she feels it first. Ladies, is this a thing that you do? Is that, do you all do that? See, I didn't know that. I was saying, man, this looks great. Let's just, just buy that. It looks great. For years, she'd say, oh, no, feel. And then she bought me these trousers that were so comfortable. I was like, oh, these are great. <laughs> oh, I don't even care what they, what they look like. Oh, they're so stretchy. And, go, and she, you know, I was thinking, and she's, I'm converted now. I'm only going to buy clothes that feel good. Do you think that's an age thing? I don't know what it is. God's got perfect set of clothes for you that feels good, that's going to fit you, and you're going to be in there. Now, I, I really just want to emphasize this today. 
Some of you have been let down. Some things haven't worked out for you. But God's got a dream for you. You know, I came to this church through a dream. I was woken up in the middle of the night and God gave me five messages for KT. You, may, you might need to write these down because over the next few years, I'm going to play these out. I believe that God was going to restore the prophetic voice of KT. I believe that's going to happen. I think, I think we're going to speak to the nation and nations. God, uh, in here, these messages, the second message was, he told me that there's an issue of purity and we were going to model how to be a pure church. And that's what God said to me before I even came here. Thirdly, there was an issue of confinement and that God's going to open up every confining structure, but also our confinement uh, even in our building, that God would minister through the issues of confinement. Your life is not supposed to be confined. In fact, can I just prophesy right now? There are people here that you have allowed people to confine your life and you need to stop listening to them and break that confinement over your life. The, third, uh, the fourth message that God gave to me is that we would be a resource church. That actually that we would be a resource for other people and for other churches. That we would pour into them. And the fifth message that God gave to me is that we would restore us back to our Elam family. And that we would connect us and be, that we would be a blessing to them and they will be a blessing to us. Those are the five messages that God gave me before I even came here. And then I had a dream. And I mean, I had a dream. I dreamt before I came here of a huge wineskin. It was about 20 feet high. If you could think that on the floor here, it'd be over the tall uh, balcony there. And everybody was standing around the wineskin saying, what a beautiful wineskin. And in my dream, God said to me, but there's no wine in that wineskin. And I believe one of the dreams that Kathy and I have is to pour new wine in this wineskin. That's not to say there wasn't good wine before. I'm not saying anything critical about the past. But it's just in my dream that God said, I want you to help me put wine in the wineskin. And you know what? In the dream, I talked back to God and said, oh God, I don't, I don't help you. You help me. And God said, no, I want you to help me put wine in that wineskin. And you see, this whole thing about us being here in London, all my friends said, why are you moving to London when you're doing so well in the Midlands? You know, Debs will know that. She was there with us in church there. It was going great. But I came here because I had a dream. What's your dream? What's your dream? What faith has God put in your heart to have a dream? You see, I believe that God has a dream for every one of us. Let me give you five quick ideas. I feel like Gary Chapman, he's got five love languages. I've got five ways to work out a dream, okay? Just five quick ideas of how you can walk into your dream. Number one, 
You have to dedicate your life to God. It's no use you saying, God, I want everything and your dream. Now, you may get everything and your dream, but you firstly have to put your life down. Like Romans 12:1 says, and says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Right now, I wonder if you could put your hand over your heart and say, God, I am all in. I am all in. See, don't pray, show me what to do and I will do it. Don't pray that. We've all prayed those prayers. Pray this way. I will do whatever you show me whenever you show it. I will do whatever you show me whenever I do it. Write that prayer down. Put it on your phone. Don't just say, oh God, if you show me, I'll do it. No, pray, God, whatever you show me, I will do it. You see, you miss out on your dream if you try and be like this world. In, in the scripture in Romans 12 there, where it says, do not be conformed to the world, it means do not be pressed into their mold. Some of us are living our lives as Christians and basically we live as the world tells us with a few good add-ons as well. Don't be pressed into the mold. You know, you're supposed to get a wife and a job and a university and a, and a good career and have a nice house and you do. Those things are all good. But doesn't the Bible say, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things. You've got to dedicate your life and not be conformed. But actually, being conformed means pressed into the mold of the world, doing what they tell you to do, whereas being transformed means being changed from within. Now, I'm not talking about being irresponsible, and I'm not uh, disavowing the fact that you might have a great career and a good university plan. God bless you if that's you. But have you got God's dream too? God has a perfect will for your life. I told you that I was going to be repetitive today. How many of you are believing it yet? God has a perfect will for your life. And my only aim, Paul said, was to finish the race and complete the task. Dedicate your life today. If you're not a Christian today, it's time that you come home to Jesus because he wants to birth something in your life. Number two, if you want to walk in the dream of God, you have to reserve time alone with God. Silence the craziness. Disconnect for a while and give God chance to speak. Can you imagine that the God of the whole universe wants to speak to you? He wants to make an appointment with you. Can you imagine that God's wanting to speak to you and you're scrolling on your phone? You know, I was reading my Bible the other day and uh, I was reading it on my phone and all these notifications kept coming up. You know, such and such a body wants to comment on my Facebook and I'm going, but I'm listening to God. And then another notification, somebody's just commented on my Instagram and, and, somebody, and in the end I'm thinking, why am I reading the Bible on this phone? Oh, it's just too many distractions. And the geeks amongst you say, oh, Pastor Mark, you can turn those notifications off, you know. 
you have got to disconnect for a while. Stop the craziness and dedicate some time just to hear God. Job chapter 37 verse 4 says, stop and consider God's wonders. If you live to the age of 70, you will live 25,567 days. I wonder if you could use one day for God. This year, you'll have 365 days. Hey, I'm serious. Could you take a day for God? There'll be some of you who say, oh, I'd love to do that once a quarter. Don't worry about that right now. What about having one day, whether it's just you and God? No phone, no TV, no iPad, no iMac, and there are other good computers, but... What about it? What about having a day with God, you and God? There's an idea for you. Now, you're going to have to plan it. You know, don't just walk out one day and your husband's thinking, ah, I don't know where she is, you know, and you come back and say, I've had my day with God, and you think, right, the kids are all going crazy. Why don't you just have a day with God? You and him on your own. Listening, talking, walking with him. Amen? Amen. There's an idea for you. But if you want to walk in the dream of God, you have to reserve time alone with God. Number three, you have to evaluate your own abilities. Use what you have and what you are good at. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it tells us that you were created in the image of God and you are God's handiwork. You know, the Greek word there is poinoma, poinema, sorry, uh, which is where, where we get our English word poem for. And what God wants to say to you is he wants to put your life together like a poem. Where there's rhythm and where there you, all your abilities and talents are working together. Now, don't, when I say evaluate your abilities, not according to what everybody else tells you what your abilities are. Now, it's good to have feedback and it's good to have people, you know, sometimes, you know, some people always think they can sing, don't they? It's like a weird thing in church. Yeah, I'm a worshiper. And you hear them sing and you say, you need to worship in the shower. <laughs> That's the only place. Because they can't sing. So we do need feedback and we do need that. But there are times when we press our lives according to the opinion of everybody else. You know what? Some older pastor said to me, I was young, he said, you'll never be a pastor. I said, oh, why not? He says, because you can't drive. It might be a revelation to you. I can't drive a car. It, by the way, I just want to point this out. It's not because, uh, you know, I'm drunk and, you know, been disqualified. It's not that. And I started looking in my Bible and saying, where does it say in the Bible you have to drive to be a pastor? I don't think it says that there. The only thing I can find in the Bible about driving is Jehu, and he was a reckless driver. 
Don't say what you can do by taking on board what everybody else tells you what you should do. You should begin to find out what your abilities are, what, what, your, what God has created you to be like. Look how God has made you with your gifts, with your personality. What energizes you? What gets you up in the morning? It, you know, some other people wouldn't get out of bed for what energizes you. But if you are like that, then that's great. You know, I, I see people in the church. And when people come to the church and they say, what do you do? And they say, oh, I work in IT. And you think, it means nothing to me. I have no idea what that means. I work in IT. Do they plug wires in? Do they code? But whatever you can do, assess your abilities. The Bible says it this way, in 1 Peter 4, 10, each one of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in all of its various forms. How's God wired you? Stop looking at how God's wired them. Stop letting that person in your life saying you should do this. And you're doing it because they're telling you, not because it's a passion in your breast. You've got to start doing what God's put in you. Fourthly, if you want to walk in your dream, you've got to associate with some other godly dreamers. You've got to spend some time with people who are trying to work out their dream. You know, dreams are contagious, but so is discouragement. It is. People can discourage you, and if you're hanging around with people who've got everything sorted, you know, and they've got their plan and everything, what, hang around with some people who are trying to work it out. That's why you should be in a good church family. That's why, you know, we are the most multicultural church in Britain. Praise God. Did you know that? We have 120 different nations that gather here. And if your small group and if your uh, group of people are all like you, you're not getting the best out of this church. You've got to hang around with some people who are different than you, but they are in their faith trying to get their dream too. Don't hang around with people who've got it all sorted, who've got their plan and their life is so uh, manicured, but start hanging around with some people who say, I need my dream and I want to exercise my faith and I haven't got it all sorted, but I am going for it in God. Somebody say amen. amen. Associate with godly dreamers, not with people who just have a plan for your life. Lastly, make your dream public. I've told you some things today about what God said to me before I came. I've been vulnerable about that. How about you? Here's the word of the Lord. This is what I felt before this service. There are some people in this building today and watching online you have a dream, but you're afraid to speak it out. You're afraid that some people will reject you if they hear what you really want to do. Come on, lift your hand with me right now. 
You're afraid to verbalize it. You've got to make your dream public. First you'll visualize it, then you've got to verbalize it. When you announce it, it will then form into a plan. It will also hold you accountable to it. The last church that I was in was called Birmingham City Church. The way, and before that, I was in a church called Letchworth Garden City Church. You see the theme here? It's all about cities for me. When I was leaving Letchworth Garden City Church, I don't want to say anything weird to you, okay? But I had this flying experience. I said, God, where are you calling me to? And I had an experience where I saw Birmingham from above. And I concluded that God had called me there. I went and saw one of my leaders. His name was John. And, and John, I knew him that he would hold me accountable to what I was speaking out. I called some of my friends and, and told them, in 18 months' time, if I haven't left the church and gone to start a church in Birmingham, then please remind me of this conversation. I spoke it out to hold myself accountable. I just feel in this room right now, there are some people saying, I would never speak out my dream. I want to say to you, speak it out. Can I teach you something? Do you remember Peter? He sees Jesus walking on the water. All the other disciples are afraid. Read the story carefully. Peter did not, it wasn't the Lord who said, Peter, I think it's a good idea for your faith if you step out of the boat. It was Peter who said, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come. And when he spoke it out, the Lord said, come. He verbalized it. He said, I wonder if I could walk on water. Lord, if it is you, tell me to come. What about you? What's your dream? You see, I believe today what I've been trying to do, my only goal is to raise your faith so that you can say, God, you've got something for me and I need to find out what it is. You're gonna arrange your whole life around the dream. God's gonna order your life around the things that he's putting into it. But unless you begin to speak it out, unless you begin to say, I believe it, Come on, how many of you have been beaten up and hurt and some things haven't worked out and some things have been delayed? It isn't as easy as what it may seem by this sermon. You know, the other day I, the other day I was in Romania and I was on the Black Sea and I thought to myself, I saw some lovely seashells and I, I picked them all up, you know, and Marco was there actually and, and Ben and I picked them all up and said, oh, I'll get these for my grandchildren. I put them in my bag and I forgot about them. I opened that bag a few weeks later. Whoa, that bag was stinking. They'd gone, they'd gone stale in there. In fact, I've got to wash that bag out. It's my favorite rock sack. I think I've ruined it. You need to get that dream out of your heart or it will go stale. 
It'll become a stench in your life. It'll become something whereby it actually doesn't help you. 